Amen. Thank you, band. Um, in case you didn't catch that, most of our band members are uh, graduates of the class of 2019, and so it's so cool to hear them use their gifts um, and lead us in worship as a church. Um, today, if you've read your bulletin, the title of my sermon is The Problem with Popcorn. Now, um, I don't want you to think if you got popcorn that there's a problem with your popcorn. Um, the popcorn's fine. At least I think it is. Um, you know, we, we had some kids back there popping it. And I didn't see them sneezing, so it's, it's okay. But, uh, like, there's not a problem with your popcorn, um, but there's a problem with popcorn in general. And we're going to get there. But um, my name is Garrett. I'm the youth minister here. If I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I'd love to meet you after service. But I'm excited to get to start off a, um, a series out of the parables that um, we're going to be in all summer long. And today's parable comes from Luke chapter 8, uh, verses 4 through 15. And this might sound a little bit different, but just bear with me. While you'll figure out where we're going to go. And when a great crowd was gathered and the people from town after town came to Jesus, he said to them in a parable, a student ministry volunteer went downstairs to pop popcorn for our JHM program. And as he popped, some kernels fell to the floor and were trampled underfoot and were swept up and thrown in the trash. And some popped but didn't pop all the way. It wasn't fully formed and it wasn't good for eating. And some fell among the salt, and as it popped, it became too salty to eat because it was choked by the salt. And some popped perfectly, big and fluffy. And he said these things, and as he said these things, he called out, He who has ears, let him hear. Now, if you're um, somebody who's heard this parable before, you're like, that's not how it goes. Well, I know that's not how it goes, all right? But um, my wife gave me this wonderful idea to use popcorn instead of the seeds and stuff like that. And then you guys could have popcorn during church. And that sounded like a blast. And so um, I thought, I can't resist this. And so here we are, and we're using this popcorn analogy. And I think, I think that Jesus would be okay with this because the whole reason he told parables or these stories was so that people could understand the kingdom, the kingdom of God, in a real-world context, something that they're familiar with. So he used seeds and soil, I'm using popcorn, and we're going to kind of roll with this. But if you'd like to see what the scripture looks like as it's written, again, it's Luke 8, 4 through 15. So after Jesus tells this parable to the crowd, his disciples say to him, teacher, what's this mean? They get him alone, they say, teacher, what's this mean? And Jesus, because he's a good guy, he explains it to him. He tells them, the kernels of popcorn represent the word of God. Meaning, they represent the gospel, the good news of Jesus, God's holy word to his people. And then Jesus moves on with his explanations. The kernels that do not pop are like those who have heard. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be, set, be saved. These are the hearts that do not want to hear the word of God or accept it. So the word does not penetrate their heart. And is snatched away. These are the people who just resist the word of God. These are the people with the hard hearts. It's important to remember, too, that it's not the colonel's fault that they didn't pop in this situation. They just were not accepted by the kettle. The colonels that aren't popped have the same potential as the ones that pop full and perfectly. 
but they just weren't accepted by the kettle. And it's important for us to remember, it's not that the Word of God has less potential in some lives, just some hearts are not ready to accept it. Jesus continues to explain in verse 13, the kernels who pop halfway are the ones who receive the Word with joy when they hear it, but they are not complete. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they're fed to the dog. All right? That was funny. You guys were supposed to catch that. All right? They're fed to the they, Thank you. All right. Uh, they're fed to the dog, because that's what we do with our half-pot popcorn. Um, these are the hearts that accept the Word. They accept the Gospel. They might attend church, maybe even go to a Sunday school class or get into a small group. They might even get baptized or go get a Bible, like a real Bible, with like a fancy cover, and maybe even get their name on the front of it. And they might even stop pirating movies or, or like swearing or saying God's name in vain. They might pray at meals sometimes or, or all these different things. And their, their rise from status of sinner to saint is quick, but too often it's fleeting. <clears throat> when testing comes, they begin to crack. But what does this testing mean? What is this testing that Jesus talks about? I think it takes a lot of different forms, but often it's temptation or loss or illness, or betrayal, or persecution, or doubt. These are the tests that slip into our hearts. And we find ourselves asking the question, can somebody actually remain faithful to Jesus in the face of these tests? And the answer is yes, but many don't. And Jesus says that the, pe- the reason these people don't hold fast is they don't have deep roots. They've sank into the surface level of Christianity, and that's okay until something real comes along and challenges them. In verse 14, Jesus continues in his explanation. He says, the kernels that fell among the salt stand for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. These kernels are overwhelmed by the saltiness, and they're not any good anymore. They find themselves in a toxic environment, And that toxic environment affects their quality in the end. That makes sense, right? Guys, we live in a toxic world. We live in a toxic world. We live in a world full of worries and riches and pleasures. We live in a world full of toxic relationships. We live in a world full of distraction. We live in a world full of all these things trying to pull our attention from God to something that's less than God. And that's the world we live in. We live in a very salty culture. And then finally, Jesus arrives at the favorable result. But the kernels who pop full and fluffy stand for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a, crop, a, a, a good crop. And this part's pretty self-explanatory, right? You know, we want good popcorn. Like, I don't know if you guys are like me, but I've gone to the movie theater before and gotten, like, the bottom and they're all burnt and salty and like half popped. And I've gone back and asked for more. I'm that person. I'm sorry. I needed to admit that to you. But like I want my popcorn to be full and fluffy and good when you have popcorn. Am I right? Can I get an amen? All right. Or a head nod or something. But like we want good, full, fluffy popcorn. So it makes sense that that's the favorable result. And Jesus says that these are the ones who are the good Christ followers. These are the good Christians. And we like to use that word, good Christians. We like to use the word bad Christians too. But what what is a good Christian? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, this is a person with a noble and a good heart. Meaning, they strive for righteousness. They want 
to be godly. Not God, godly. They want to be godlike. They want to be like Jesus. They want to be pure. That whole thing in the Bible about whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is noble, think about those things. That's, that's what we're talking about here. A noble and a good heart. They're people that hear the word, but don't, they don't just hear the word, they retain it. Meaning that they bury it deep, they think about it. In, in college or in high school, you might be tempted to cram for a test, maybe even in junior high. We didn't do tests in junior high. That might be the way, why I am the way I am. But like uh, where you have tests and you cram for them, and you're just trying to fit all this information in your brain so you can just regurgitate it onto a test, but then you're not going to remember any of it. Well, Jesus is saying it's not like that. It's more than that. I want you to retain this. I want you to reflect upon God's word. I want it to matter to you. And the other part is they produce a crop. They multiply. And I think it's important that we think about the crop that we produce. It's not enough just to lead people to Jesus, but what do those people in their relationship with Jesus look like? Are they half pot? Are they salty? Maybe it's because they're looking at your example and they're not getting what they need. I think it's our responsibility not to just multiply, but to encourage those people that we are sharing faith with. But here's the problem with popcorn. This is the piece you guys have been waiting for. The problem with popcorn or seeds or whatever you sub out in this illustration, these things don't have a choice. They are what they are. And they're at the mercy of the one who's either sowing the seed or pouring the popcorn or the soil they land in or whatever all these external things are. But they're inanimate objects that don't have a choice. But the thing is, is we do. We have a choice as to how we would accept God's word and how we respond to God's word. Emily's favorite Christmas movie is The Muppet Christmas Carol, which I think is funny because as far as like Christmas carols and like how Christmas carols go, that's definitely not the best one. But it's okay, uh, and it's, it's good. But I think the, the redeeming quality of every Christmas carol movie is Scrooge. I love Ebenezer Scrooge because he's such a grouch. And he's, he's just funny. He's funny to watch. But I think if we were going to look for somebody who would be the poster boy of being hard-hearted, Ebenezer Scrooge would be at the top of the list. He's greedy. He's mean. He doesn't care about people. He's a hard-hearted person. And many of us know a Scrooge in our life. We know some hard-hearted people. And sometimes it's difficult to talk to those people, especially difficult to talk to those people about Jesus. Because... They just don't want to hear it. They want to have no part of it. And I think it's important to remind you today, if you're somebody who is engaging with hard-hearted people, remember that the rejection of the seed does not mean the seed is bad. The Word of God is full of potential, but sometimes it just doesn't penetrate the hard heart. So do not be discouraged, and do not neglect the Word that you have believed. Don't doubt that. Because somebody else isn't willing to accept it. I would encourage you to press on. But there's the other side of this. Sometimes, if we're honest, we have hard hearts too. Now, we might not look like Ebenezer Scrooge, but we've got some hard places in our hearts. Jesus says, love the poor. But we like to say, ah, he doesn't mean that panhandler. You know, not him. Not him. He says, visit the prisoner. Care for them, but think, mm, that person, they deserve to be in there, and they deserve to be alone, and they don't deserve Jesus. And Jesus says, love your enemy, but we think to ourselves, surely if Jesus understood how this person hurt our family, hurt my family, hurt me, 
He wouldn't ask you to love them. Jesus says a lot of different things. And if we're honest, if I'm honest, my heart gets hard sometimes. I think he doesn't mean me. I think he doesn't mean that. And I think if we're all honest, we've got some hard places in our hearts. And it's important for us to understand that because hard-hearted people don't look like Jesus. And as Christians, our goal is to be like Jesus. So if we have hard hearts, we're not going to get there. So what are some of the hard spots in your heart? Is it forgiveness? Is it grace? Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's joy. You just won't allow yourself to be joyful. Maybe it's generosity. Maybe it's loving people who are different than you. I think some of us need to make the conscious decision to evaluate our hearts, find those hard spots, and break out the tiller. Because hard-hearted people don't look like Jesus. On the list of my sport pet peeves, at the top of it, number one is bandwagoners. And I think some of you can relate to that. But in 2017, it was amazing how many Cub fans just crawled out of the woodwork. I'm like, where you been for the last 100 years, man? Like, they got the sticker on their car. They're wearing the hat. They're like, yeah, Cubs, aren't you a Cardinals fan? Boo, Cardinals. I'm like, what's your deal, man? You haven't even been here, all right? But I can't stand bandwagoners. And I think any real sports fan, you're the same way. Because it's like, I was upset as a Cardinals fan. I can't imagine somebody who's been a diehard Cub fan, and then all of a sudden somebody's like, yay, I'm a Cubs fan too. Well, that's, that's garbage, all right? But I can't stand bandwagoners. Half-pop people are the bandwagoners of faith. They like the initial fun, but it fades. And Jesus says it fades due to testing. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're coming back to church after a long hiatus because you trusted Jesus a little bit, but he didn't come through. Or you realize, I don't, I don't want to give up my sin. I don't want to actually value God and other people more than myself. I, I don't like this. And so you walked away. But now you're back for whatever reason. And I would encourage you that this time around can be different. Because you can set some roots, deep roots, deep roots in scripture, deep roots in prayer. Be a part of a small group. I love what Kelly said a few weeks ago about the impact of a small group in her spiritual life. And I would encourage you to find a group of Christians who will encourage you. Serve, give. If you want to be fully popped, you've got to be all in. You can't be halfway. Or maybe you're half popped right now. Maybe you're a new Christian. Maybe you're new to faith, and I think all of us can remember a time when we were new to faith and we were half-popped. We were really excited, but we knew very little about Jesus, and we knew very little about what it meant to follow him. And that's okay. If you're half-popped right now, I'd encourage you to grow and have that as an objective. But some of us have been half-popped for 10 years, 20 years. If we look at our faith and really analyze it, maybe that's kind of been our story our whole life. Maybe you're a Christian on Sundays or on Wednesdays or when you're with your family or church friends. But Jesus, he sits out on Friday nights or when you're in the office. Maybe you're good with grace and forgiveness when you're the one receiving it, but you're not ready to let go of that grudge. Maybe you're cool with the parts of the Bible that you're good with, the parts that you understand or the parts that you agree with, but you just cut out around the parts that are uncomfortable that you don't understand or you have questions about. 
You like most of what Jesus says and what he does, but you're not ready to commit all in. If that's you, you're a half-pop Christian. You're a half-pop. You're not all the way there. And I want to encourage you to examine your heart and figure out what it is that you need to do that will get you to the point where you're full and fluffy. And maybe you're a salty colonel. Maybe you're a Christian who worships Jesus as long as he doesn't get in the way of your other gods, your other little G gods. Because people were distracted by technology, by sports, by entertainment, by money, by sex, by the high, by status, by our friends, by our family. And those things aren't necessarily bad on their own. It's not a bad thing to have friends. But sometimes those good things can become bad idols. Because when we're more concerned about those than we are about God, we've got a problem on our hands. Though we may be a Christian, our, our faith is being choked by the gods that we keep in our life. And it robs us of joy, and it keeps us from being fruitful, and it keeps us from being faithful followers of Jesus. Concerning the salty and the half-popped kernels, um, I, was, I was thinking about what Jesus has to say to us. And most of, uh, most of what Jesus says, you know, like there's a lot of it that I really, really, really like. But then there's some parts that really, they, they hurt to hear. And they make me worried. One of these is found in Matthew chapter 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Man, that's sobering. That's not a lot of fun to hear. And I, I can't help but to wonder, is Jesus talking about the half-pop person? Or the overly salty person, the person who has all these other gods in their life, the person who just isn't willing to say, Jesus, I'm all yours, you're my king. Is that what he's talking about? I don't know, it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous for the people around me. It makes me nervous for myself. I want to examine my life. Because here's the thing, is we love to all think that we're those perfect pop kernels of popcorn. So when Jesus gets the end, to the end of this parable, we're like, that's me, I'm fine, I'm good. But am I? Am I really what Jesus would call complete? Am I really coming after him? And I think if we want a good litmus test of that, we need to look at what he says about the fully popped kernels. He said that they have a noble and good heart. Do I have a noble and good heart? Am I striving to have a heart like Jesus? Do I radiate the fruits of the Spirit like love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control? Do I retain the Word? Do I love the Word of God? Do I think about them? Do I reflect upon them? More importantly, do I depend more on God's guidance than my own thoughts and my own ideas? Does that describe me? And then the other thing, am I yielding a good crop? Am I telling other people about Jesus? Am I leading them into a relationship with Him? And then what does their life look like? Are they good fruit? Or are they rotten fruit? And that's important for me to analyze as somebody who's trying to produce 
a good crop. And I think it's important for all of us to take some time to analyze that. If you're a graduate, you're in a really cool place. Because whether you're about to step into high school or whether you're about to step into college or the workforce or whatever it is, you are starting a new chapter. And every time there's an opportunity to do something new, it gives you an opportunity to reflect and say, what can I do different? What can I change about this next phase of life? And I would encourage you graduates, take time to evaluate your heart and ask yourself the question, what kind of popcorn am I? Seriously, what kind of popcorn am I? And then, though most of us aren't graduates, most of us didn't just graduate high school or college or eighth grade, but I've got good news for you. Tomorrow starts a new week. You have an opportunity to start over new, and I would encourage you today to you too evaluate your heart. Where are those hard spots that need to be softened? Like, what do you need to surrender to the will of Christ? Or what idols in your life do you need to purge? What has gotten in the way of God? See, the problem with popcorn is that it's stuck the way it is. But you're not. And that's good news. Let's pray together. Father, I'm so thankful for your word. I'm thankful for your son, Jesus. And I'm thankful for the hope and the love that we have in him. And God, I pray as we leave here that we are people analyzing our hearts. That we are considering what kind of of Christ's follower we are. And God, I pray that you would convict us in the areas that we need to change and that you would encourage us in the parts of our heart that are sad or scared. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.